This podcast contains adult content suitable for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. I ain't like that anymore. I don't kick off like before. I'm more relaxed. I'm all formed. I ain't Welcome, traveler, to the morbid forest. Whoa, whoa. Careful there, dear traveler. We don't want you to get accidentally shocked now, would we? <laughs> Come on, follow me, and I'll get you where you need to be. Hmm? What's that? <laughs> yes, we can stay a moment and watch the lights. <sighs> because isn't it electric? The taxi rolled to a stop in the circular drive of Wildleaf Sanitarium. Vast bay windows blinked their dark lashes at me, my stomach nodding at their stern gaze. Checking in or, uh, you checking out the wildlife? The cabbie's voice jostled my attention from the Institute. I beg your pardon? He gestured flippantly at the looming brick. You know, <laughs> I blinked, waiting for him to continue. Boy, you really must not know this place. Locals call it the zoo, on account of all the crazy it kennels. I wrinkled my nose at the callous insinuations. Well, I'm sure those crazies have more manners than you, sir. I handed my fare to the floundering fool and stepped from the cab. Wildleaf Sanitarium was not what I expected. White cobbled brick insulated the cries from the inhabitants within only allowing for the slightest of mewlings to whisper through the cracks. The property was massive, stretching long into the oppressive arms of the foggy morning. I ran my hands nervously over my tweed coat and climbed the steps to my new job. To say I was surprised when I got the call from head physician Dr. Michael Mathers is the understatement of the year. I was no halfwit, however. I was not top of my graduating cohort, either. But my mother always said that drive and passion are everything. And in this scenario, mother knows best. My commitment to helping the troubled souls within the walls ahead could be surpassed by no one. But the nagging voice at the base of my skull whispered I was not qualified to recommend toothpaste, let alone treat the mentally insane. I entered the sanitarium, leaving my deprecating thoughts on the stoop, only to be assaulted by utter chaos. A zoo was indeed the accurate term for what lay before me. Patients ambled like unkempt zombies behind the main reception desk. Some bumping mindlessly into the barrier, others slamming their heads against various surfaces. A nurse and a dozen orderlies were wrangling a herd of screaming individuals to my right, harpoon-sized syringes at the ready. I staggered back as the foul smell of undeniable feces bloomed in my nostrils last. How could anyone truly help these poor lost souls within these cursed walls? It's quite the shock the first time you stepped through the doors of Wildleaf. 
But with time, you become accustomed to the atmosphere. A voice over my left shoulder spun me on my heels. A light in this treacherous storm. Green eyes and a crooked smile greeted me, and my shoulders relaxed as I took in the rest of the beauty before me. Dr. Matilda Black, and you are? The owner of the voice reached out a slender hand, the twinkle in her eyes never faltered. I cleared my throat, catching Dr. Black's hand in mine and giving it a firm shake. Dr. Shane Cooper. The woman was petite, but her handshake did not waver in my grip, applying the same pressure as any male colleague would. I wasn't sexist or anything. It is becoming more and more common to find yourself surrounded by female counterparts these days, but most choose to major in secretarial work, especially one as stunning as Dr. Black. At any rate, she had nothing to prove to me, but her handshake said all I needed to know. We are equals. So, Doctor, what brings you to Wildleaf? Dr. Mathers invited me to join your staff. Did I arrive on the wrong day? Dr. Black clucked her tongue, as if realizing my purpose for being there. Oh, oh, of course, of course. As you can see, our patients can be a handful, and it completely slipped my mind you were starting today. Dr. Mathers normally does the new employee inductions personally, but I believe a few things came up that leave him indisposed at the moment. Would you like me to give you a tour until he arrives? Yes, that would be nice. Thank you. Dr. Black ushered me down the adjoining hallway and away from the screams of the patients on the main floor. We took a door on the right and marched in companionable silence, my nervous energy dulling to a light buzz. We climbed the stone stairwell in companionable silence, my mind swirling with the possibilities on how I would start caring for the inhabitants of Wildly. We reached the second floor and Dr. Black rapped on the heavy steel door and my gaze shifted to her quizzically. <laughs> I forgot my keys when I came down earlier. I nodded, letting the silence leak in between us. I was about to ask a question when the door opened so quickly it nearly smashed my nose clean off. I yelped in surprise, moving from this I yelped in surprise, moving from the projected path. A head popped out from the other end, swiveling around like a dreidel, trying to find the source of the noise. <laughs> Sorry about that, but you know you shouldn't be standing in front of doors unless you want to get your face knocked off. The owner of the voice was a gruff-looking woman. Her mostly salt-and-pepper hair hung like oiled al dente spaghetti from her head in patches. Yes, well, doors aren't meant to be battering rams, Gilda, especially when you're using them to accost new doctors. Dr. Black smiled tightly but the corners of her eyes crinkled with a pointed air. I was nearly taken aback by the slight change in character. But a fraction of a moment later, I remembered one of my last professors, stating while you may act as a friend and counsel to the deranged, a firm hand is to remain to grip the reins of each situation. I was a lonely man, but I must not allow my loneliness to prevail over my practice.
Oi! What's the holdup, Gildy? A gruff tone called from behind the female patient. Just uh, meeting the new shrink. May we enter the ward? Or are you guarding against mischief? I'll have to suss out later. Dr. Black inquired. Oh, yay! Sorry! Please, doctor. Gilda bowed and swept the door wide, allowing us into what I assumed was the main ward of the hospital. My eyes bulged from their sockets at the owner of the male voice behind the door. The man was easily over six feet and wider than the doorframe. His eyes were rimmed black with agitated red veins peeking out from the corners of his sclera. If I dared inch closer, I'd bet money the threads of his patient uniform were screaming in agony as they attempted to keep this gargantuan man from falling into the nude. In contrast, the woman hunched in front of the man. I could have blown her over with a stiff cough. The offending oil slick hair was the crowning jewel of her gaunt features. She smiled at me with putrid teeth in a spectrum of white to necrotic. She wore a white ratty robe with a sash pulled taut, keeping her garments in the proper place. Her skin was paper-thin from the lack of sun, this observation skewering my heart more than the rest. The best thing for a patient was outdoor activity. Despite her heinous state, I vowed to make sure she was received proper yard access. This is Dr. Shane Cooper. Shane, meet Gilda Anderson and Ezekiel Jones. Nice to meet ya, Doc. The giant wheezed. What got you thrown into this dump, Doc? <laughs> Taking the dean's daughter for a row? Gilda leered. The pair laughed as I gaped in horror. Gilda, if you aren't going to be nice to our new doctor, who might I remind you is here to service you? Then I'll have to call the orderlies. Oh, I was just mucking about, Matilda. I meant nothing by it. Just having a good laugh with the talk is all. Well, why don't you put that mouth of yours to work and assist me with giving Dr. Cooper a tour? Matilda turned to me as my brows knit together. Gilda here is one of our oldest and permanent residents. I nodded as we began moving down the long white corridor. And where are you originally from, Gilda? I asked, itching to dive deep into my future patient's history. Philadelphia. She replied, her thin lips pulling wide to reveal greenish gums. Gilda suffers from mild schizophrenia and mild fanciful delusions. Matilda filled in. And Ezekiel has been suffering from violent outbursts since his youth. And how is your treatment here at Wildleaf? I asked truly curious. This ain't no Penhurst, Doc. But it's not the Ritz, either. Ezekiel stated. I shivered at the mention of Penhurst. No respectable doctor went there because there was nothing but demons and vagabonds within its halls. We walked in silence for a few paces as I let their words and the activity around me sink in. The patients on this floor were less volatile but vacant eyes and sweet mutters of nothingness were in abundance. Patients milled freely between open dormitories. Some talked to others, while some talked to no one in particular. 
Fresh lemon coated the back of my tongue, masking any foul grievances that may have lingered in the air. I almost felt like a spy traversing behind enemy lines as I tried to reveal each patient's secrets. So, what else should I know about Wildleaf? I asked after the silence and odd stares from my new acquaintances were too heavy to bear. What's more to know? This place is filled with imbeciles, or so they call us. Ezekiel replied. Surely no one calls you that. My voice carried all the disdain I felt over that word. There are a few more colored language staff here than we like, Shane. Something I hope you'll help me change around here. Matilda interjected. However, in terms of history, there isn't much color here. Wildleaf opened its doors to patients in 1804 and has run quite efficiently for the last hundred years. The practicing members employed here over the years have always been of the highest caliber. Patients are treated with dignity they deserve, not with the impertinence cast by most. Matilda's eyes darkened at the end of her words, and I wondered if she would ever fill me in on what those dark opinions were. Perhaps the town's sentiment for this establishment has begun to take its toll on her. We entered a wider section of the floor, revealing the abysmal recreation area. A gathering of satin squash couches and love seats sat in a haphazard formation around mismatched coffee tables. Two bookshelves leaned against the far wall with missing shelves and books without faces. A forgotten game of cards sat between two patients, both drooling onto the shoulder of their dirty uniform. A group sat close to us, but at spotting us, or most likely the members of my party, had fear glazing over their features and scurrying to the opposite end of the room. I glanced at my fellow doctor to see if she caught the change of behavior. She was staring intently at the departed group, an expression I couldn't place glinting in her eyes. Not much to see here, Doc. A bunch of dullards, if you ask me. Gilda sniffed at the group, her nose held high as if the other patient smelled worse than her own stench. They did not. Gilda snapped her fingers, a feat I was surprised didn't result in the severing from their home, and spun to face the group. I got it, Dr. B. We can show our new friend here the patient study room. Patient study room? I turned to Matilda, her green eyes glowing with the suggestion. Yes, the patient study room. It is our state-of-the-art examination and therapy seminar room. Quite a bit of your work will be conducted in that room. Well, I might as well get familiar with it then. Lead the way. Matilda smiled, and my stomach bottomed out. Her smile was both enchanting and fierce. The heavy metal door groaned in agony as Ezekiel forced it wide. The room beyond could only be described as sterile. White, unblemished tile ran across the floor as we dived deeper inside. Various instruments I was both familiar and unfamiliar with sat on steel shelves on the far left. It was the machine to the right of the steel operating table that halted me in my tracks. 
A dark wood cherry box sat next to a black rubber tongue guard and worn leathered straps. The lid was open, revealing an array of knobs and dials and an open hatch allowing for a black coil to slither from its dark home. At the end of the coil sprang two forked prongs with rounded padded ends. What's wrong, Doc? <laughs> Gilda chortled, a high-pitched ugly sound plastering the image of fighting tomcats in my mind. The fog of my shock began to fade as anger flooded my veins. This was barbaric. ECT, or electroconvulsive therapy, was the revolutionary treatment straight from the Middle Ages. A number of my professors and colleagues praised its usefulness and health benefits, but all I saw was a method to live out someone's sadistic fantasies. Dr. Black's voice filtered through the red haze, and I turned to bring her beautiful face in view. Now, Dr. Cooper, you obviously know what this instrument is. Yes, I know exactly what that is. But I don't think you've had the pleasure of being on the receiving end of this beauty. Matilda walked to the box, her slender hand stroking the machine tenderly. Her words halted my next, perplexity knitting my brows tightly together. The meaning of her words slamming home with the meeting thunk of Ezekiel's hands on my shoulder. I struggled against the giant, but it was no use. Matilda, I don't know what you think you're doing, but please get your patient in order. I thrashed and bucked, my feet no doubt creating skid marks on the tile floor as Ezekiel dragged me to the silver operating table. Dr. Black! I began to protest, but was cut short by Matilda's high-pitched cackle. <laughs> Ezekiel hoisted me from the ground as if I were a feather slamming me down to the table with so much force, I saw the depths of the universe before my eyes for a moment. Leather straps coiled around my biceps and calves, leaving me immobile. My eyes rolled uselessly in their sockets until they landed on the upside-down laughing form of Matilda Black. She was no longer the stunning posed woman I met just an hour ago. Her green eyes were manic and lips pulled taut in a devilish sneer. <laughs> Dr. Black? Matilda howled, her lackeys joining in on the joke I was not privy to. I, sir, am no doctor. If my face had any color left, it most certainly drained fully in that moment. She sauntered over to me, circling me slowly as fear rose from my toes flowing through my veins. Dr. Black is just one of my many personas, Dr. Cooper. Perhaps she is the most useful of all. Without her, none of this would be possible. And what exactly is this? I spat. Retribution. Retribution? For what? I've done nothing. Oh, but you will. And don't say you won't. Because they all do in the end, you doctors. She spat the word as if it were dirt on her tongue. Are all alike. 
You are as mad as those you condemned with your paper and pen. You pass judgment on the confused and play God with the rest. You defile, bleed, rape, murder, all under the guise of understanding the human mind. For a hundred years, this place has been a prison for the ill-tempered. Not anymore. Please, Matilda, I'm not like the others. I, I just want to help. What the others have done to you, it's, it's barbaric. I, I would never. <laughs> never say never, doctor. Never is what they all say. Never would I hurt a patient. Never would I gouge their brains with my instruments. Never would I beat them into submission. Never would I electrocute them until there is nothing more than meat riddled dust. Never would I touch them. She rounded to stand at the top of my head. Tears stung my eyes as I thrashed my head from side to side. That's not me. Please. My pleas fell on deaf ears. Matilda held her hand out, and Gilda placed the prong tool into her palm. Ezekiel leered over me and pried my mouth open to shove the rubber bit into my mouth. Matilda nodded to Gilda, who stood at the knobs, ready for the final command. Matilda leaned down next to my ear, her fingers gently stroking my hair as I began to cry. I am sorry, Shane Cooper. While you might not nor would never be like the monsters who truly have roamed these halls, I just can't take that risk. But don't worry, you'll be able to join the rest of them upstairs in the game room as soon as we are done. Now, hold still. This might sting. This has been a Morbid Forest production. On this week's episode, you've heard Isn't It Electric? Written by Naomi Richards, with narration by Sean Conkling Mathot, Naomi Richards, Ron Hyatt, and Jen Oven. Our theme music this season is Firestorm by Danny Schmidt. If you recall, Jen has been with us since season two, and she has graced us with her presence for season three. You'll be seeing much more of her this season as well, so I hope you're ready, listeners. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on all of the latest Morbid Forest info. You can also send us a little love note at themorbidforest at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week, travelers, on The Morbid Forest.